The telegraph had almost the attributes of a human being at Stancy Castle. When its bell rang, people rushed to the old tapestried chamber allotted to it, and waited its pleasure with all the deference due to such a novel inhabitant of that ancestral pile. This happened on the following afternoon about four o'clock, while Somerset was sketching in the room adjoining that occupied by the instrument. Hearing its call, he looked in to learn if anybody were attending, and found Mr. Stancy bending over it. She welcomed him without the least embarrassment. Another message, she said. Paula to Charlotte, have returned to Markton, am starting for home. We'll be at the gate between four and five, if possible. Mr. Stancy blushed with pleasure when she raised her eyes from the machine. Is she not thoughtful to let me know beforehand? Somerset said she certainly appeared to be, feeling at the same time that he was not in possession of sufficient data to make the opinion of great value. Now I must get everything ready and order what she will want, as Mrs. Goodman is away. What will she want? Dinner would be best. She has had no lunch, I know. Or tea, perhaps, and dinner at the usual time. Still, if she has had no lunch— Hark! What do I hear? She ran to an arrow-slit, and Somerset, who had also heard something, looked out of an adjoining one. They could see from their elevated position a great way along the white road, stretching like a tape amid the green expanses on each side. There had arisen a cloud of dust, accompanied by a noise of wheels. It is she, said Charlotte. Oh, yes, it is past four. The telegram has been delayed. How would she be likely to come? She has doubtless hired a carriage at the inn. She said it would be useless to send to meet her, as she couldn't name a time. Where is she now? Just where the boughs of those beeches overhang the road. There she is again. Mr. Stancy went away to give directions, and Somerset continued to watch. The vehicle, which was of no great pretension, soon crossed the bridge and stopped. There was a ring at the bell, and Mr. Stancy reappeared. Did you see her as she drove up? Is she not interesting? I could not see her. Ah, no, of course you could not from this window because of the trees. Mr. Somerset, will you come downstairs? You will have to meet her, you know. Somerset felt an indescribable backwardness. I will go on with my sketching, he said. Perhaps she will not be— Oh, but it would be quite natural, would it not? Our manners are easier here, you know, than they are in town, and Miss Power has adapted herself to them. A compromise was effected by Somerset declaring that he would hold himself in readiness to be discovered on the landing at any convenient time. A servant entered. Miss Power, said Mr. Stancy before he could speak. The man advanced with a card. Mr. Stancy took it up and read thereon, Mr. William Dare. It is not Miss Power who has come then? she asked with a disappointed face. No, ma'am. She looked again at the card. This is some man of business, I suppose. Does he want to see me? Yes, miss. Leastwise he would be glad to see you if Miss Power is not at home. Mr. Stancy left the room and soon returned, saying, Mr. Somerset, can you give me your counsel in this matter? This Mr. Dare says he is a photographic amateur, and it seems that he wrote some time ago to Miss Power, who gave him permission to take views of the castle and promised to show him the best points. 
but I have heard nothing of it, and scarcely know whether I ought to take his word in her absence. Mrs. Goodman, Miss Power's relative, who usually attends to these things, is away. I dare say it is all right, said Somerset. Would you mind seeing him? If you think it quite in order, perhaps you will instruct him where the best views are to be obtained. Thereupon Somerset at once went down to Mr. Dare. His coming as a sort of counterfeit of Miss Power disposed Somerset to judge him with as much severity as justice would allow, and his manner for the moment was not of a kind calculated to dissipate antagonistic instincts. Mr. Dare was standing before the fireplace with his feet wide apart and his hands in the pockets of his coat-tails, looking at a carving over the mantelpiece. He turned quickly at the sound of Somerset's footsteps.